fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What's up? Yes, indeed it is. It is a Monday. We are here live, uh, continuing on your 4th of July Independence Day celebrations. Welcome into it. What a week. What a weekend, and what a kickoff to an additional holiday for at least another day or so here across the nation. Welcome into it. What's up? This is Andy Hoosier, the voice of reason, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We love you to death, your millennial general, reporting for duty like we do every single day. Can we just take a breath here for a second? Holy cow, man. (laughs) It has been a whirlwind of the past week. So for those that have been half paying attention to the program, we have been all over the place. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, which we had all intention to be back here and broadcast live for you on Friday after our trip down to McAllen, Texas, and the southern border, looking at the wall, talking to border security agents. And then thank you, airline industry, giving us the bit of the delay which is happening all over the country right now. So I feel bad for you if you're still trying to travel or getting ready to travel like today or tomorrow, uh, coming back home for the 4th of July celebration. So if you are, then hold on, strap in, and be prepared for your delays because it is a nutso world out there. And uh, I was so I was supposed to leave McAllen on Friday at 7 a.m., which means I had a layover in Houston, was supposed to get back here in the Wichita area right about noon, Perfect. I can wrap up my weekly duties, get ready for the weekend programming that I have for the stations that I work with here, and then I can do my show live, which was the plan. And I get to the airport at 5 a.m. because I'm carrying a box of radio equipment. Now, if you ever carry lots of crazy technology, uh, TSA does not like that stuff, and they like to open those things up and search through everything. What I left on Wednesday, they literally opened up the box and took out every cord the, the Comrex unit that I have, my microphone, they took everything out and had to inspect it. So I'm like, all right, I'm prepared. It's McAllen. It's at the border. They're probably going to be even tighter. So I get there at 5 a.m., prepared, wake up at a little after 4, get all ready, head to the airport, got there at 5 for my flight at 7. I get there to check in and get my ticket, and they say, oh, your flight got delayed. It was supposed to be at 7. It's now not even leaving until noon. Awesome. I'm like, well, at least I have plenty of time to get through TSA. I go up to the security, TSA, and I said, hey, this is radio equipment. Be careful. I don't care that you open it, but be gentle, please. Didn't even open the box, man. Didn't even open it. They just scanned right on through. Okay, great. And walked right on through. So then I had my six or seven hours of sitting there at the airport waiting for my flight. The rest of it was fine and got back into Wichita uh, right about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So not as bad as what some could have been, but uh, it was a fun drive. I don't, it doesn't bother me because I enjoy traveling. I don't get to travel very often, whether it's a road trip or whether it's flying. I enjoy it. I enjoy the trips and seeing other things and experiencing different parts of the world. And, you know, just uh, just the experience of walking through airports and doing it. I'm sure if you do it frequently, you get t- pretty tired and bored of it. I personally enjoy it. So I was anticipating it. I had no problems. I kicked back. I turned on my earbuds and I listened to some very... Heavy, exciting, exhilarating music to keep me going throughout the day and uh, got back here safe and sound. We did do our national broadcast on Saturday with our uh, with our partners and got to do our bit of a recap. So if you want to hear about everything that we did at the border, 
I highly recommend the podcast is up for that first hour of the show where we did our recap. It was some great content. We played a lot of audio clips and highly recommend that you check it out. We'll do some more of it briefly throughout the show here and there as well. It's hard for today because I there's so much going on. I'm like way behind now that we had three days off last week. And with the dropping, just the bombshell of information coming out of the Supreme Court, I don't even know where to start today. Because we had the repealing of a 50-year precedent with affirmative action. We had the student loan forgiveness program that was dead in the water now, and the Biden administration losing their minds over that one. I mean, apparently everybody's going to go and file bankruptcy on something they can't file bankruptcy on or something, because it's that terrible, according to the Biden admin. We're all going to die because of you! (laughs) So we have the decision from there. We have the freedom of speech uh, opinion that the Supreme Court came out with as well. So there's a lot to unpack today, and we're going to try and do a few of it on the show, along with our patriotism and hoorah feel-goods that we have on the show. Bottom of the hour, we have Dick Russell. He's author of the book, The Real RFK Jr. Do we know the story of Robert F. Kennedy, and what's he going to do to the political landscape now that he's officially running for president? I have not seen. Let me do a little Google search here on the fly. The Democrat presidential polls, because I have not seen one for the Democrats right now. And I don't know that they have done many of them because Joe Biden's supposed to be the one dominating the uh, presidency, right? So let me see. According to, this is, let's see, 538.com, project538.com, which is a relatively decent one. It shows numerous different polls. Biden's still sitting at a 64% approval rating to RFK Jr. at a 17%. I'm calling malarkey on that, man. They're saying Joe Biden's up 58%. I'm calling malarkey and shenanigans. I don't care what those polls say. I bet RFK Jr. is doing much better than what he's polling right now, and the media is kind of suppressing some of those. I have a very hard time thinking that any Democrat in any way, shape, or form that is dealing with inflation, dealing with the gas prices, upset about the student loan stuff, upset with him compromising on the debt ceiling bill, which wasn't much of a compromise from Democrats, I have a very difficult time that the radical left progressive socialists are liking him because of him compromising on some environmental policy and the moderate Democrats liking him at all because of how radical he has been. He's in that medium where he should be disliked by everybody. And they're showing he's got a 68% approval rating right now. I, I call malarkey on that one. I don't know. We'll dig deeper into that a little bit later on the program. I do have a question for you, though, is the fact that we are kind of in the uh, in the the middle of our Fourth of July Independence Day celebrations is patriotism. Is it on the rise or is it on the decline right now? Because I and I did this by the way for those that missed it as well and may listen to the program or know the program. But I had the honor just in the last couple hours to fill in for the Todd Starnes radio program, the number 30 talk radio show in the entire country. And as our local station here in the Wichita area that I broadcast out of for the weekday show with our flagship KQAM, we're an affiliate of Todd Starnes and had filled in once before just for an hour. And they asked me to do so for the full three hour program today. So during that program, I asked the question of are we seeing patriotism on the incline or the decline? And here's what I mean. Over the weekend, I got home, wanted to decompress a little bit after my trip. I turned on, I have three streaming services right now. I have Netflix, I have HBO, and I have Hulu. Now, some may not like that. Some may try to protest them. That's totally cool. I've decided on whether I want to cancel those or not soon as well. All three of those platforms, during the last month of the month of June, 
they completely changed their logos to the rainbow pride flag. They had a category. When you first get into the homepage on your profile, it said, here is the category of LGBTQ pride movies. And if you click on that, it has a list of every movie associated with pride or LGBTQ or promoting this, uh, this lifestyle or whatever in some way, shape, or form. They had an entire category built on these streaming platforms for those types of movies that people like to enjoy. Now, I'd like to remind you before we move forward that right now, the latest polls show that anywhere between 5 to 7% of the population associates with or supports the LGBTQ community and is involved with them in some way. 5 to 7%, a very, very small minority percent of the population. And yet, these streaming services had all of this pride stuff, watch these great movies, here's all the movies that are associated with, show your support for, love for everybody, this entire movement. I get there this weekend, I try to decompress a little bit, and I'm like, cool, it's 4th of July coming up, and I have my laundry list of movies that I enjoy watching, which include uh, The Patriot, obviously with Mel Gibson, a couple war movies, maybe like Saving Private Ryan, or Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood, if anybody remembers that one, or you know, Letters to Iwo Jima, or uh, Pearl Harbor, you know, some of those things, but predominantly I like to watch more revolutionary style movies to show the founding of the nation, which is what we're celebrating during this holiday. And it gets your feel goods going. It makes you swell with pride. It makes you want to wave that flag proudly and be as patriotic as you possibly can. I know that there's an agenda there, obviously, because that's how they made the movie. That's what I want for a 4th of July movie. That's my purpose. I flip on all three of my streaming services and none of them have the Patriot on there is available. Now, luckily, I have the DVD, so I, I can pop in the DVD and watch it that way. But that's not the point. The point is, we just went through an entire month where every streaming service saying that they're just trying to piggyback on a promotional opportunity to gain subscribers by people signing up to watch certain content that they have was creating an entire promotion appealing to 5 to 7% of the population of the country. We now go into July where we have a single day, really it's been extended out to about four or five days now with the with the weekend stuff, but we have uh, just a short few days of celebrating the most patriotic holiday of the year, and there's no category, there's no American flags being waved on these services, there's no, here's all the cool patriotic movies that you can watch, there's nothing like that. Now, I will give credit where credit is due, where we have Cox Internet, and our Cox Internet service, we also have the little box that has like the built-in streaming service apps on there already. So it's like the Cox Internet or Cox TV. So I have that on. And that service does have an icon that says 4th of July movie. Celebrate where you click on that. And it picks all the patriotic movies from all of the streaming services that it has available and says, if you want to watch this movie, here's the streaming service that you go to to watch it. So that one has outside of that, the streaming services themselves, HBO Max. Uh, Hulu, Netflix, Peacock, I think is one, um, Paramount Plus. I don't know. I don't have that service, so I can't judge those guys. None of them have the patriotic flags waving, and none of them have the category to click on to watch all the great patriotic movies. So that takes things to a little bit different level. I know it may be a little superficial, but to me it's a bit of a deeper issue here, is it not? Because if they don't have that, that tells me that they're not just piggybacking on the promotional flavor of the day to try and get new subscribers. They're they're specifically promoting a certain event. Because if they were 
doing all the promotional piggybacking. They would go from Pride Month. Okay, you have that. You're trying to pander to a very small portion of the community here. But if you're going to, that's cool. But then all of a sudden, boom, July 1st, there's your patriotic movies where I'm assuming 70, 80, 90, 95% of the population is probably going to celebrate the 4th of July in some way, shape, or fashion. And if that's the case, then the majority of the population is probably going to want to get onto the streaming services and watch some type of movie, whether it is The Patriot, whether it is some type of war movie, whether it's some kind of TV show. I mean, Team America, baby. America! I'm not going to finish that one, but you can finish the rest of it yourself. Some type of TV show. The show 24, for crying out loud, which is a fun patriotic hoorah American movie. Stop the terrorism from blowing up, you know, some kind of city. Whatever it may be, Independence Day. Let's watch the Americans blow up alien spaceships during an alien invasion. I want to watch that during 4th of July. But nothing. Nothing on the streaming services. So the question is, the streaming services, are they trying to utilize the opportunity for a big promotion where the vast majority of viewers can watch them, or are they trying to promote a specific line item agenda to try and force some type of agenda? I'm curious on your thoughts there because I would think they would want to make as much money as they can and they would want to try to appeal to as many subscribers as possible. Because remember, as the power of the purse that we have as the consumer, we have the ability to make or break you. Just look at what's happening with Bud Light. Hint, hint, wink, wink. That's your reminder that you should probably pander to the largest audience you can, and that's not the pride issue. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, sorry I had to vent there for a second. I'm frustrated. I want to watch my patriotic movies. Luckily, I guess this just reaffirms the idea that we need to just go back to our home front and do our own thing, which is DVDs, baby, because they can't censor my DVDs. I already bought it. Can't take that away. So I'm sorry. I do what I want. Whatever, whatever, I do what I want. <laughs> so there it is. All right, welcome back into the program. Uh, the question I have for you today is patriotism on the rise or on the decline. There's a couple interesting stories out there floating out as we see people gather for the 4th of July celebrations, whether it's on the weekend, whether it's actually on 4th of July coming up tomorrow, and the feel of patriotism in the nation. Uh, there's a piece out of DNYUZ.com that kind of breaks part of this down, and it is a cause for concern. And the question is, why are we starting to feel this way? Growing up in Benton, Arkansas, Malaya Tap loved celebrating the 4th of July with her family. We would go to parades and see fireworks shows and hang out with friends. It was always such a fun holiday. But now that she's an adult, she's 18 and entering college next year, commemorating holiday isn't so simple. It started back in 2020 when the Black Lives Matter movement spotlighted many of the injustices across the country, where she says now, quote, I've lost a lot of my patriotic feelings. Miss Tab, who now lives in Atlanta, also realizes that many festive components of 4th of July aren't as palatable for her. There are the fireworks, where it's hard to tell the difference between guns and fireworks. And here, there's always something on the news about a shooting or something, so it makes me nervous. They're also bad for the environment. <laughs> uh, I, I almost got through before laughing. They're, almost as, uh, they're also bad for the environment. They release a lot of toxic chemicals. 
This year, she's skipping the holiday altogether, opting instead to travel with her church youth group to visit a Navajo nation in Arizona. But the trip was canceled because of the COVID outbreak. Is this what we're seeing now? Is this the future of the country? Because of these movements talking about the quote-unquote injustices, not about how America's made the best gains in this nation, not about how America was the forefront of trying to end slavery, not even about the Declaration of Independence, which is what we celebrate here uh, uh, publicly on July 4th, declaring our independence from the United Kingdom and from England because we can't deal with their crap any longer. And by the way, the very first uh, version of the Declaration mentioning the atrocities of slavery and how the founding fathers wanted to get rid of slavery. The reason they took it out was because they wanted unification for all states to sign up and two of the 13 colonies chose not to support that idea. But overall, that was included in the um, concerns and frustrations in the original Declaration of Independence. The, The founding fathers all the way back when in the 1700s, when slavery was at its hiatus and peak of traveling across the world uh, and rounding individuals up, saying the atrocities of what this was and what we wanted to do for all men being created equal under God and be able to have that right, that inalienable right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, and private property, the United States, with all of its flaws and all the bad things we may have done both to our own citizens and abroad around the world, we are still the greatest nation on the face of the earth, which is not being taught any longer in our public education system, that's not being talked about in the mainstream media, and not being talked about in many other media platforms, leading to the fact that young individuals, higher teens, lower 20s, going off on their own, starting to experience the world on their own, walking away from the traditions of having the fireworks, of the barbecues, the friends and family, and celebrating the reason for the holiday, which is the fact that we live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth, the most patriotic nation on the face of the earth, the nation with the greatest freedoms on the face of the earth, why we're seeing our borders being overrun with refugees, quote-unquote, coming to our nation because they still see the opportunity of the streets being paved with gold, of the opportunity for everyone. And while that may be a struggle to preserve, we still have that at least more so than any other nation on the face of the earth. And the fact that they don't recognize that because they've been brainwashed and trying to be claimed as um, either victims or the culprits has led to the decline in patriotism. And if you don't love your country, what keeps a country together? What keeps the foundation secure and strong? And we could crumble. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Moving through our Monday today, trying to continue on your celebration of the 4th of July Independence Day stuff. Hopefully you are out on the lake or barbecuing with the family and friends, having an adult beverage, which I'm sure is not going to be Bud Light. <laughs> See what I did there? See? Where's my rim shot? Thank you very much. I'll be here for another half hour. So, um... Hopefully you're enjoying. By the way, I don't know if you heard the story or not. I think it broke over the weekend, or at least when I got back, I saw the headline. Is that one of the bottle-making distributors for Bud Light had to close down and lay off a bunch of workers because of the lack of demand for the Bud Light product. 
Now, I'm sure they're going to be fine because they can make other distribution bottles for other companies. But the fact that Bud Light had to end that one and shut those guys down shows the power that you have as the consumer. So as we go back to our streaming conversation, the streaming services in the last uh, couple segments of them wanting to force down your throat some type of LGBTQ pride uh, stuff. And here's a category of all these great pride movies during the month of June, but nothing during the 4th of July weekend. I find kind of ironic. And if that's the way they want to play it, then remember who pays your subscription numbers. Because I know it's difficult, but it's time for us to start utilizing our money with the businesses and uh, individuals that actually support the same agenda that we have. On the other front, there's so much we got to get to today. Um, the Supreme Court making some major decisions where even the fact that AOC, our very favorite person in the whole wide world. I am told this is a garbage disposal. <laughs> that she's now out in the media saying that we need to actually investigate SCOTUS and how they are now the new authoritarians. You know, those black-robed individuals giving their opinion on legal issues. And because they're not doing it the way that Democrats want... They're now the, the authoritarians, and we need to get them the hell out of office. We have justices saying that the Supreme Court is going themselves much too far. They are expanding their role into acting as though they are Congress itself. We really must be focusing on the danger of this court and the abuse of power in this court. There also must be impeachment on the table. The Supreme Court wow. has not been receiving the adequate oversight necessary in order to preserve their own legitimacy. Wow. Wow, that audio from CNN when she was on there. As now, apparently, we need to impeach them. You're not doing what we want you to, even though we've abused the courts for the last decade or a couple decades. But now you're doing things differently. We're going to impeach you because you're the new authoritarian. That's the world we live in today. Let's shift gears a little bit, shall we? Let's do it. What's trending today? I want to talk about the presidential race, which I know is far out there yet. But I am, I'm still baffled. We were looking at the polls earlier on the program on the support for the Democrat side, because I have not paid much of attention. We know that Donald Trump right now essentially is about three quarters of the support right now for Republicans. And then DeSantis well behind him with some others kind of floating out there. But the Democrat polls still show Biden at like a 64% approval rating, at least in the polls for the presidential candidates, compared to Robert Kennedy coming in at like seven, 15 to 17%. I'm still calling malarkey on this one, man. Now, I, I feel very strange saying this, and the more I listen to him, the more I like him. Uh, whether it's true or not, we're going to get to it with our next guest here. But I'm enjoying the fact that he's out there calling out both parties. I like the fact that he's calling out Democrats especially. He's been one very much against some of the policies from the COVID-19 pandemic. And is he going to be one that could be a wrench in the Democrat Party or at least rebranding the party back to the old school, and I use that in air quotes, old school style Democrat Party with his uncle back in the day with John F. Kennedy to talk about some of that and more. Really happy to have on the program. He's author of the new book, The Real RFK Jr., Trials of a Truth Warrior. Excited to have on here Dick Russell with us here. Dick, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Andy. How Good to be with you today. Yeah, it's great to have you on the program. Uh, the big question that I have is, who is the real RFK Jr.? Because I've heard interviews and i think just like so many other people i listened to the entire three-hour sit down that he did with joe rogan on his podcast and i fell in love with the dude i feel very strange saying that i support a democrat in today's times but uh this guy is a little bit different 
Well, you know, he's telling the truth about what's what's wrong with the country and what he sees. And, uh, you know, he calls himself a Kennedy Democrat, but also somebody, you know, who uh, he said right from the get go that that he's a unity candidate, you know, and, and he wants to reach out to all kinds of people, libertarians, Republicans, uh, as well as as Democrats. He's actually more popular with, with a lot of people who have views probably more like yours than the, the liberal Democrats, for sure, today. And and uh, he, his campaign slogan is Heal the Divide. And, you know, I've known him for a long time, for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we worked together on various environmental battles, a couple of books that I was doing. I've written 15 books over the years. And I'm originally from Kansas, by the way. I'm a KU boy. Yeah, uh, class of '69, and uh, but um, you know, I decided to write this biography because not because he was running for president. That it's I started it some time before this, but uh, but 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 because you know he was just being so maligned and torn apart, you know, by the big mainstream liberal media, and and uh, accused of being number one anti-vaxxer, or two a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> number three crazy, or all of the above, you know. And I just knew. That was that was uh, not true, and, and that some kind of accurate picture needed to be put out to people about him so that they would know how much he'd accomplished as an environmental lawyer over all these years, and 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 just as a human being who's been through an awful lot of tough stuff in his life and managed to you know come out uh, quite a leader that we're looking at today. That is a great story. Is it true that he's been even ostracized by many, even within the own Kennedy family, because of his stances on, say, vaccines and some of those other uh, controversial issues? Have they kind of shunned him a little bit as well throughout the family? Yeah, actually, they have. I mean, he has 10 brothers and sisters, Robert Kennedy and Ethel Kennedy, and and uh, most of them believe that he's off base uh, about to the whole vaccine issue. And, you know, he's he, that's too bad, but, you know, he's still telling the truth about it as he sees it. And he's done a lot of homework. You know, he's been studying the science behind this uh, for, for a long time and certainly been studying uh, big pharma, you know, the pharmaceutical industry and uh, how it dominates the lobbying world in Washington, how it's uh, captured the, many of the federal agencies, the FDA, the CDC. The, you know, he'd seen that for years with the EPA, with the, with the chemical companies basically, you know, in bed with the people who are supposed to be regulating them. And he saw it again with the pharmaceutical situation and vaccines. So, you know, he's just not afraid to talk about it because he studied it and this is the way he sees it. And, okay, if a lot of his family is against him, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's taken the stand on it because we desperately need people like that. And you're right. I mean, when you get labeled as a conspiracy theorist and anti-vaxxer, I mean, it kind of belittles the the message that you're trying to get out there. Uh, I, the latest polls I introduced with this one saying that he still was floating around 15 to 17 percent for Democrat support. Uh, is the Has the party really gone that far radical to where the AOCs and the Joe Bidens and the, and the Nancy Pelosi's are the mainstream Democrat and then the old school, and I again, I use old school with kind of air quotes here, but the old school Kennedy-style Democrats, which is not a bad flavor of Democratism, I take that over what we're seeing today any day, is that really that far gone to where he's got that much minority support within the Democrat Party? Well, you know, they're in power. So they, and of course, most of the big media are just uh, attacking him relentlessly. Because really, they're scared of him. I mean, you, you cited that one poll, but uh, he, he has a favorability rating in a poll that The Economist magazine and one of the big uh, websites uh, did that showed him at a higher favorability among voters than either Trump or Biden. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. So that's pretty significant. And that was just a couple of weeks ago. Now, that's not necessarily a poll of how Democrats would vote, but it's favorability among all the people that were talked to for the, for this uh, particular, you know, polling. Sure. So, you know, yeah, he's gaining a lot of momentum and support. And, and uh, wow, there's been so many articles about him lately in, in the in the press. And again, most of them, I suppose you can say any publicity is good publicity. I mean, people are really, you know, in a sense, Okay, they can say all these things about him, but but you know he's also going on many many podcasts. Uh, he's been on Joe Rogan, which is the biggest of all. He's been out there with Elon Musk and you know Jordan Peterson, and so he's reaching a live a lot of a big audience that way. And and people seem to be really resonating with with his views. Yeah, well, and like you said, even as a Democrat, he's resonating with some that are even on the right side of the aisle. Because I mean, while Joe Rogan claims to be a quote unquote liberal. He's really not that much of a liberal. He's got a lot of conservative flavor. So I think a lot of conservatives listen to his show. Jordan Peterson, obviously, is a great one where conservatives have really flocked to him. So he's reaching both sides of that aisle, which I was not aware of that he actually worked under the Trump administration as well during the pandemic, questioning some of the vaccines and some of the health stuff and being one of those main guys in the government trying to challenge Anthony Fauci, which um, I'm glad he did, but the fact that he worked under the Trump administration shows that he is open to be able to work on both sides of the aisle, it sounds like. Well, I, I just have to correct that slightly. He he was originally going to work in the, as a as what uh, President Trump, when he first got elected in 2016, uh, wanted him to, to head up a vaccine safety commission. And he called right. uh, Bobby Kennedy to, to Washington, and they talked about this, and Bobby was going to do it. But then suddenly the administration backed off, and... Uh, there's some weird stuff that went on about, about a contribution from Pfizer to the uh, inaugural committee and so on that might have been played a role in that. So sure. he never did it, but he's certainly, you know, been out there on his own with his organization that he founded, the Children's Health Defense, you know, uh, fighting for, for stronger regulations and, and testing, really. I mean, that's what he's advocated is we've got to test for safe vaccines, make yeah. sure they're safe, test them against a placebo, which is not being done. So he's not anti-vaccine per se. That's the label. And nor is he a conspiracy theorist, because some of the, quote, conspiracies he's talking about are quite real, including the assassinations of his father and his uncle. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about Dick Russell, author of the book, The Real RFK Jr., Trials of a Truth Warrior. Dick, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure. Awesome. I want to continue on this conversation because you're right. I mean, he's been a fighter and heaven forbid we actually want to do some trials on vaccines. But if you challenge them... You're that anti-vaxxer. Don't even question them. Don't question the science. Don't question Anthony Anthony Fauci, who is the science. I want to talk about some other issues when we come back here with the stance on RFK Jr. When we come back here on The Voice of Reason for a Monday. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes here on a Monday for your patriotic Monday. Going into the Independence Day, day officially day tomorrow. (laughs) So happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day to you. We're hanging out with Dick Russell, author of numerous different books. New York Times bestselling author. 
His latest book, The Real RFK Jr., Trials of a Truth Warrior. All right, Nick, I have to ask you this question because I, the more I listen to him, I enjoy it. I enjoy what he says. I enjoy the fact that he does go after, which I think is a dangerous thing to do, but does go after the CIA and some of these other agencies saying that they are just trying to continue on global wars for the uh, you know, military industrial complex. They're trying to, you know, going back to the old school John F. Kennedy style of not getting involved in numerous different wars all over the place, trying to bring some uh, restraint on the federal government, not just selling out to the corporatism, especially with big pharma and that sort of thing. He is probably one of the most censored individuals right now outside of Dr. Robert Malone during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, outside of Donald Trump during his election time being booted off of Twitter and other places as well. Having that mindset, would he be open to and would this be a strong ticket of doing a Trump-Kennedy partnership ticket in 2024 as the two outsiders being censored the most going in and just tearing apart the establishment? Is that a possibility? No, I honestly don't think so. I think that uh, he's he's a Democrat and he's going to remain so, <clears throat> at least at this point in time. And and he said he has said you know he does he doesn't he doesn't hate Donald Trump you know and, and they've known each other for some years when when Bobby lived in New York. But uh, I think he he doesn't agree with Donald Trump on many issues and uh, would not uh, join him in a in a in a race for president. Sure, interesting. It would be an interesting one if they did try to come together. But you know, I mean, the the partisan politics is definitely a challenging one to overcome. And something grand as this. Uh, last couple of questions as we uh, as we kind of wrap things up here. But uh, his history, obviously, seeing a lot of the internal Washington D.C., seeing how things operate, being uh, watching his uncle get sworn in all the way back in the '60s, and watching what happened to him at the end. Does that make him a little reserved to challenge some of these agencies? When the theory is, is what he said is that you know believing that the CIA was part of that assassination. Uh, if you go against these types of administrations. I don't think he's he's scared of it at all. I mean, he's he's out there, you know, talking about what he's learned through the years, and I know a lot about it too. I wrote a book on the assassination of his uncle, but long before I met him, and uh, and actually several books, and and so no, he he said he said publicly, I'm going to die with my boots on. Now, not I, that doesn't mean anybody's going to assassinate him. I hope um, yeah. or try to. He's got really good security, but you know, he's he's got a lot of guts. This guy, I mean, he's. He's uh, he's somebody who's worked he's worked with a lot of regular people you know that's one thing I want folks to know about him and wrote about a lot in the real RFK Jr. is is you know commercial fishermen and farmers and and uh, Republicans that he he had to work with in order to get the New York watershed agreement done and and then to get the the pollutants uh, the hog farm pollutants out of the waters of North Carolina and he even went to jail in North in uh, excuse me in Puerto Rico in 2001 for you know, make, doing a protest because the U.S. Navy was bombing this island unnecessarily and uh, harming a lot of people for their target practice. And, and he went over there with the actor, Eddie James Almost and and, uh, and Dennis Rivera, a union leader from New York, and, and they all got arrested. And he spent 30 days in a Puerto Rican jail because of something he really believed in. Wow. Well, he's definitely dedicated to the cause. It almost sounds like he is the Donald Trump version of the Democrat Party, which uh, last question for you is, can he, do you think, reform the Democrat Party? It desperately needs it. And I think they've left a lot of their base because they've gone so far radical to the left. And like you said earlier, it's hard for them to relinquish that power now that the socialists have taken hold of it. But the party desperately needs reformed. And just like in the consumer market, when there's a demand and a gap 
and a lack of a fulfilling of a demand in the private market. We always find a way to fill that, which is the beauty of a free market capitalist system. Does he have the ability to do that, do you think, and bring the party back to where it needs to go? Yeah, I think so. And he's said very publicly, he said he's a free market capitalist. You know, we just don't have free market capitalism anymore. We have socialism for the rich and these big oil companies just getting the subsidies. Uh, and, and you know, he would he would change that. And, and he would also, I think, uh, you know, as I said, he knows how to work with, with all kinds of folks. And he's, a, he's a, come out against uh, the current policy in the, in the war in Ukraine. You know, he said he'd be the peace president. He would get over, you know, get over there and as his... His uncle did with Khrushchev during the Cuban Missile Crisis, where we almost uh, had a nuclear holocaust. Yeah. He could be facing that again. You know, he's going to do everything he can to, to bring that war to a halt. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to stop. He's not going to stop. He's an interesting guy, and he's definitely a fighter for what he believes in, and we appreciate it. It's the real RFK Jr. Trials of a Truth Warrior. Find the book on Amazon, also on skyhorsepublishing.com. Dick Russell. Dick, we appreciate the time very much, my friend. Happy Fourth of July to you. Let's get you back on the show again real soon, my friend. Same to you, Andy. Hey, appreciate Good it. To you. Thanks Good. a lot. Yeah, you as well. Everybody have a great Independence Day. We'll see you on the radio on Wednesday.